Now, a lot of people may ask, how do you view that as a win? Well, because this person understands the fundamental principle of success. Money is a game. Success, wealth, is a game. It's a doubles game. You got to know the rules of the game to be able to win. In Monopoly, you start with nothing, but you know that in the confines of that game, you're going to be able to scale, expand, and grow. Now, whether you get to keep it and maintain is a different story, but that's the whole process of the game. It's a closed-loop system, right? If you know the rules, you can follow the formulas and the systems, and you too can be successful. Anybody can. doesn't matter how you start. doesn't matter what fucking uh, board piece you chose, right? doesn't matter what property you started with. If you're smart, if you have intuition, if you're forward-thinking, if you're thinking about your spin in your hand before it's your turn to pass go and collect $200, you'll win every single time because you have a baseline every time you pass go. At any business venture that you have, any investment, if you just collect your goal and, and fucking, I mean, pass go and collect $200, you're always going to have that baseline. You're never going to go below that. That's your education. That's your knowledge. That's your training. That's your comprehension. That's your discipline. That's your experience. No matter what the fuck happens, you can always pass go collect $200. But you got to know the rules of the game to win the fucking game. It's a game. Money has to be attracted to you. Money has to be, um, co- uh, I guess, coerced towards you. You have to flirt with money. You have to flirt with success. Success has to want and need to come to you easily and abundantly in your own choosing and liking and quantity and everything else. You get to fucking choose. You got nobody to blame. You have nobody to point the finger at except yourself. And guess what? You can always learn from your experiences. You can always apply your experiences. And you can always grow from your experiences. No matter fucking what. If you wanted a watered down fucking radio show or podcast, you know there's a million motherfuckers out there that are trying to do it. But none of them got 1% of the game that I'm giving you. I'm putting you on to the real shit. I could go School of Hard Knocks. I could go Pepperdine on you. The choice is yours. You choose what rail you want to follow. You choose what lane you want to take. I'm not in the fucking, um, you know, in the service lane. I'm in the hove lane. I'm fucking express. I need to be successful every day. I got to get it. I got to get it, dog. I got to make it happen. I ain't got time to waste. Especially on no fucking negative shit and shit like that. So... To put that into perspective, right? Think about what the fuck it is that you truly want to do. And just do it. Simple. You want it simpler than that? Doesn't exist. Keep that shit simple. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all the time that I have for today. I love you guys so, so very much. Have a wonderful day today. May you conquer everything that's in your path. May everything that you touch turn into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me and I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. I love you guys. We'll be back on the next one. I got to go pick up my, my, my boss, which is my son, and I got to get back to my businesses. But don't worry. Any opportunity that I get will be linked back in. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a very beautiful and blessed day. And any questions, please like, subscribe, and share. And I will answer because I read every single comment. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Gotta go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back.
to another episode of the Venom R1 Business University, and I am your host. I want to thank all of you guys for stopping by today. So nice of you to come and check in on me. Um, as you all know, I missed you guys yesterday. I have been in the studio all day yesterday. I released three different projects, 24 songs, two albums. Each one had 12 records. And then I released a compilation album where I combined both releases in one um, in one uh, release. And um, this morning, I actually took a nap. I took my son to eat breakfast. And, you know, I got the itis right after I ate. You know, my sugar was low, so I took me a nice power nap. But um, I pretty much have been going off my checklist. I'm you know, I've been handling everything from my personal life to my business life to basically everything that I had to take care of. So long story short, now the time has been presented to me to host the podcast and kind of discuss everything. So let me tell you guys about this fun-filled day that I have ahead for all of us today because, of course, I'm bringing you guys with me along in this journey. So in the morning, had to take the family where they had to go, including my son in practice. Great. After that, I had a little breakfast, little downtime meeting with myself. I had a meeting with my wife, I had a meeting with my son to start the day. Reached out to my business partners, let them know what my agenda was going to be. Um, send out all my messages, you know, my emails, my texts, my phone calls to let all my business partners what I have going on for today. As you all know, today I'm going to sign the contract for this new business. It's one of the new business ventures in my portfolio. So I'm going to do that around midday today. And I'll be traveling all day long. I'll be working all day. So from a plane to a limo to a car to a taxi to my office to a helicopter to fucking you, you name it. I'm just going to be mobile all day. I'm going to be online all day. I got documents to sign. I have people to meet with, um, suppliers, you know, meet with demands and stuff like that. Um, what else I got going on? I got the podcast. I'm going to be writing an article for Future Tech Plus, which I'll do that while I'm on the plane. So I have really, really short flights. I think I'm going to do two or three flights today, but they're going to be short. They're going to be like an hour, hour and a half. So while I'm doing that, I have the internet. I'll go live on my YouTube channel. I'll probably record on the podcast. And if I'm not doing that, then I'll be communicating with my family and with my business partners. So that's for the whole day today. I'm going to document today because I'm going to be traveling all day. I've been up since about 3.30 this morning. And right now it's 9 o'clock in the morning. And I expect to be at the airport back home today by almost midnight. So that'll give me enough time to get home, shower, and go to sleep. And then do it all over again tomorrow. So it's going to be a beautiful thing. It's going to be an amazing thing. And the best part is that I get to bring you guys along. Like, for example, I hit up one of my business partners and I'm like, listen, either get into communication with me now because I've been up already for, what, um, six and a half hours, for example. I've been 
basically trading in the stock market already for six and a half hours. I am online right now. I'm not going to be back online until the afternoon. So either we communicate before I take my flight, during the flight, or right after I land. Because in between intervals, I'm going to be in a dead zone, meaning I'm either going to have no internet access or I'm not going to be able to use the phone. So without those two things, I cannot be in communication. So it's important to get good rest, to get good hydration, to get um, good food and nutrients in your system so that you can make it through a day like today. For somebody that's been up since 3 in the morning, for me to be projecting to be going to sleep at 12 o'clock the next day in the morning, we're talking 21 and a half hours, where I'm used to doing at least 20, 21 hours a day, but today I'm going to go an extra 30 minutes. And I am looking forward to seeing how it's going to impact my performance. So basically, when you have business partners, you want to be in communication in real time. And I can walk, talk, and chew gum at the same time. So I can travel and still make use of that travel time. Because if I don't, it's just downtime. So I want to bring you guys back to an example that I gave you guys a few months ago. I had a business in, in a completely different market. Um, just traveling to that business venture would be maybe three and a half to four hours a day in each direction. Remember, it's only 24 hours in a day. So if I sleep three and if I'm commuting for eight, nine hours, that's already 12 hours. That only leaves me another 12 hours to run the business and do everything else. So I said, okay, you know what I'm going to do in my commute? I'm going to host the podcast. In my commute, I'm going to go live. In my commute, I'm going to do the vlog. And then when I have downtime in between, I'll write the article for the magazine because I'm the writer, editor, everything for the magazine. And, and remember, I'm still negotiating the new office space, so I have to be mobile, right? So I'm like, okay, for this commute, I got to drive the Tesla. Driving the Tesla comes with a lot of stipulations. One, because I have to make sure that I'm on a fast charger network, okay? I'm on a fast charger network, meaning I can fast charge about 30 minutes and have maybe three quarters of the battery. Remember that I have to do this two times a day, almost three times, but because I fill up three quarters to go, three quarters to come back, I save 25% on the reserve. The following day, I can just fill up, let's say, half of the battery because I have the two quarters that I left from the two trips. So when you think about a Tesla, sometimes it's not practical to think about it as an automobile because it's like having solar panels, right? You have the expense of the equipment, the batteries, and your goal is to be net zero, meaning that on your downtime, you're selling to the electric company the energy you're not using, but you're still producing, right? So it's not net positive because you're not going to make a profit. They're not going to cut you a check for generating electricity. It's just that when you're using electricity, that has a cost. And when you're giving it back into the system, it's just paying off what you have used. So 
anything that's excess will be credited towards the following month. So it's a closed loop system. They're never going to give you an open loop system. It just appears to be an open loop system. So the same thing happens here. We spoke about, and again, even in FutureSec Plus, we spoke about the, the series of Vision Jet versus the Honda Jet, which those are my two jets of choice because, you know, I'm a small business owner, entrepreneur, extraordinaire, but I'm not at a level where I can have a fucking global jet. And let me explain to you what the difference are. are. There are jets that can fly around the world twice before needing to refuel. To me, that's some unbelievable, extravagant fly shit. Like, that's some superhero shit, right? I got to be like Batman, you know? I got to use, you know, what I can up until my limitations. So, I'll give you an example. With the with the Vision Jet, I can go easily from Florida to the Caribbean. I can go from Florida to the dirty south New Orleans. Um, maybe I can stretch it to Texas. From Texas, I can stretch it to, let's say, California. But I can't go to fucking Seattle. I can't go from California to fucking Vancouver in Canada, right? Now, with the Honda Jet, I can go from New York to Dominican Republic in two and a half hours. If there's no traffic. The fuel cost differences between the Vision Jet and the Honda Jet, 200 bucks. One is more comfortable. Obviously, the Honda Jet is bigger. Um, it's more prestigious. It's two fucking jets versus one. But just to give you an example, it's $2.5 million base price more. So what do you want? You want three realistic day-to-day -day prices. You want three vision jets. You want two vision jets. Or do you want one fucking Honda jet? Or do you want a Honda jet and an additional vision jet? The choice is yours. But you're not going to walk out of this shit without spending a few million dollars. We're not talking pilot expenses, docking landing expenses, airport fees, storage, maintenance, etc. Now, both the Honda Jet and the Vision Jet have excellent maintenance programs if you're willing to pay the premium, which I've learned the hard way. It's always better to do that. It's like buying a car. And getting an extended warranty, if you know you're going to use that car and you're going to drive it to the fucking ground, get all the fucking bells and whistles to protect that investment. So, to give you an idea, my world spectrum wasn't bigger than that. You know, 1,500 nautical miles, all right, I go from New York to DR, no problem. Because I know that if, God forbid, I had to land in Florida, now I can go to fucking Brazil from Florida with my fucking Honda jet, right? Do I feel as comfortable doing that with the Vision jet? No, because the efficiency is kind of taken away, right? When you're trying to go to the fucking max. The advantage of the Vision jet is that it's quick. It can get in the air fairly quickly. It can get to top speed within minutes. 
Um, it can outmaneuver anything else in the sky. It has the best safety features. Um, but again, it's like a fucking uh, 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 a loaded glove, right? It's like a iron fist behind a, a a velvet robe. Like it's there to do its job. There are no creature comforts outside of a briefcase, a laptop, and a cell phone. This is not some shit that you're going to use outside of business. This is like business and business and business only. Like if it had three categories of efficiency, uh, fucking cost effectiveness, and getting the job done, division jet all day. If you want to take that a higher notch, like one or two more levels, that's the Honda jet. Anything above that is personal. Anything above that is no longer a fucking a machine that you can put on a tax write-off as a corporate expense. Anything above that is just luxury. You just fucking want to fly around in couches and fucking have a bowling alley and a helicopter pad and a fucking movie theater inside of your jet. Like, that's not a jet anymore. That's like a flying mall, right? So I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm a truck guy, right? As much as I love sports cars, I drive trucks every day. So... The reason why trucks are built so robust, it's not always to carry shit and tow shit, etc. It's not that versatility. It's that this shit sits at idle with all of its power units turned on and all of its auxiliary power that it can extend to other things. Like, for example, 18-wheeler can be a tow truck, but it can be an ambulance too, but it could be a fire engine. The core is still the same. So... Those key components are designed to take the abuse of the heat, of the rain, of the snow, etc., etc. So when you think about the context of using equipment for your business, for example, we're using a truck as an example today, you have to think about unknown variables. Like let's say you have a fleet of vehicles and one of them shits breaks down. You need another truck to go fucking get that truck serviced or let's say towed. Or whatever you may need. Well, during that process, whatever you purchase has to be tough enough to just sit there idling, fucking giving you all the power and might that it has as an auxiliary power to another system that you may have incorporated into the construction. So everything is about the perspective that you're using to see things, right? So if I compare... Uh, Model 3 Tesla to a Toyota Prius, the Prius is going to come in at either half the price if they're both base models or three quarters of the price. So what is the difference? Well, the Tesla can be cheaper because it has a gasoline engine, right? And it has a a CVT transmission. The Tesla is going to have a premium because you're paying for the lithium ion in the battery. The outcome is pretty similar. You know, in some situations, the Tesla pulls out at front. In some situations, the Prius is going to win. Maybe because of the price. Maybe because of the warranty. Maybe because you don't have range anxiety. And you can get gas fairly easier than, let's say, charging a battery. But it's all about how you look at it. So now... We're talking about operating costs, day-to-day operating costs. And shout-out to Toyota because I finally saw the Prius in real life. I saw a black one, which kind of hides any imperfections. 
I'm very impressed with the styling of the car. It looks like the first serious hybrid vehicle. And I think at the price point, it is a home run. So be careful Toyota Camry and Honda Accord Hybrid and Nissan Altima Hybrid. Because y'all got some fucking shit to deal with with that new Prius. But anyway, long story short, I saw the review by Doug DeMauro. And in Dona Media, they also did a review where they compared it to, to other cars, right? I think they compared it to a, a, a I think it was a Bentley Azure convertible from the 90s. And um, they're talking about, you know, similar price points. Of course, they're testing a base model and they're not going with inflation and dealer markups, etc. And the fact that it's new, everybody wants that shit. So you have to understand, they sell millions and millions of hybrids, you know, especially the Prius number one selling, right? So now, what if we take that into context? Let's talk about flying the Honda Jet. The Honda Jet is going to run me realistically between $750 to $975 per flight hour, okay? The only way that I could justify that is to fly it at max capacity, meaning two pilots, five passengers every trip. Or, to give you another example, in in the... Uh, in the Honda Jet, it would be two pilots and six passengers. So let's exclude the pilots because we'll just put that as fees as far as everything else that has to do with, with what the expenses are to operate that machinery, right? So again, going back to the same uh, breakdown, right? So... If the Honda Jet is at, at its peak, $1,000 to run, the Honda Jet is closer to $500 to $750. Remember, the variable is only two or $300. Let's be realistic. You can't park them shits outside. If you do, it's going to damage the aircraft, and you're probably going to be at service intervals um, much sooner, and you're just causing damage because it's not being used. Again, think about a Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Aston Martin, fucking Lotus, or, or some fly shit like that. Those cars get damaged when they're not used because they're designed to be in constant use. They're designed to be in constant abuse of a racetrack where they're used as test beds and pretty much mobile offices slash engineering computers and, and, and laboratories, right? So the same thing happens with a jet. If you don't fly that shit, it's like a coffee machine. How good is a coffee machine if you don't use it? It doesn't work. How good is a toaster if you're not toasting bread? doesn't work. How good is a microwave if you don't use it? It doesn't work. And by the way, Marcus did a, uh, a review on his solar panels, his Tesla solar panels. You, you can find his channel on YouTube. And he said that one of the things that wastes the most electricity is the fucking microwave. That shit pulls a thousand fucking watts every time you press start on that shit. To show you how much those... Think about how many times you use it in a month and how it zaps your fucking electricity bill. Boom. It just spikes that shit every time you, you, you use the microwave. So, long story short. Look at it in the context of operation cost per hour. So, if in the... 
Honda jet. I have six passengers, and I'm spending close to a thousand dollars per flight hour. And remember that I'm flying in the same tri-state area, so I'm not going too far. I'm going far enough to where I can fly back home every day, right? Well, if it was five people, each ticket would be two hundred dollars. So six people, you're looking at around a hundred and eighty-five dollars per flight, each direction. So let's say 175, right? So 175 and 175 is 350, 350 times three. Let's just round it off to 175 per passenger. On the Honda jet, yes, I'm only spending $750, but now I only have five passengers. So each ticket will be 100, right? That's 500. Now I got 250 to divide into every person. So now each ticket comes out to what? $150. What I'm saving is the price of a good meal in any airport. And I'm missing one passenger. So I'm actually losing, even at that same rate, I'm losing $150. Because guess what? I can't have an extra guest. So I'm losing 150 flying out and 150 returning. That's two people that could be working with me. Negative 300. With the Honda Jet, everybody pays 175. But I have two extra people that can be productive for the business. Remember that we're not including the cost of two pilots. You could lower costs by having one pilot, etc. Because the trip is short. Now, long story short. Let's get back into focus here. Let's put everything back into perspective. Going back to the Tesla. Traveling in the Tesla for three or four hours is going to cost me two-thirds of that battery. Let's do a rough estimate. Let's include a pit stop every hour and a half. So two pit stops where I'm going to spend $5 eating a snack $10 for me to charge in a fast charger on average about 28 bucks so 38 bucks with a variable for inflation $40 each direction $40 going to the business $40 returning to the business okay so about $80 a day, but we're traveling three, 400 miles in every direction. You want to know what the operating cost is? $10. $10 includes a meal. $10 includes the fact that if I remove the meal, it's $7.50 an hour compared to a thousand compared to 750 if we use 750 dollars as a figure one percent is what i'm spending in the tesla now obviously we speak in concepts here and i expect you to fill in the the blanks and adapt it to your business your field your industry but think about it If that is the basis line of being in business, 
when you're in the corporate level where you're at Fortune 500 and you're flying a 747 as a private jet for your corporation, if at the minimum level you're fucking spending fucking um, 10, 15, $20 million a year, that's your standard. You got to be closing deals that are 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 million dollars a year. How can I compete with you having a, a, a vision jet for 5 million and having an operating cost of 1.7, 1.9 million? I'm at less than fucking 10% of what you gross. So you are in a business that's closing deals between 60 and 100 million. You're spending 10, 15 million minimum to run your fleet of airplanes and your jets. You're spending 10, 15 million in transportation minimum. And I'm talking about global jetliners that could go around the world two times. That's just operating costs. We're not talking about the expense for the plane and, and, and your staff and everything else. That's just keeping the fucking shit in the sky and landing and, and ready to go whenever you need it. For a third of that, for maybe a little bit more than a third, maybe five to seven, eight million, I could do the same shit. And if I can do it at a third, I'm beating you by $10 million. If I could do it at a fourth, I'm beating you for over $10 million. That's big money player shit right there. That's some fly shit right there. I'm doing everything you could do at 5% of the cost. So for every $100 you're spending to compete with me, I'm spending $5 and I'm blowing you out the fucking water. I'm 2 to $5 million out the door. That includes the aircraft and running that shit for a year and a half, maybe two years. Maybe if I could be cheap, I could stretch it for two years. How the fuck you think you're going to beat me in business? Well, guess what? 1% of that, 1% of that, 5% that is outperforming the competition by 95% or more. Just 1% of that puts me in a Tesla. All expenses paid. Can't compare it to a Prius. Because there's shit that I could do in the Tesla that I cannot do in the Prius. Like, get on a fucking fast charger. And in fucking 15, 20 minutes and 28 bucks later, I got a full tank with a range of over 300 miles. And while I'm doing that, I'm basically driving a laptop computer. While I'm doing that shit, I'm going live on my YouTube channel. I'm going live on Twitter Spaces. I'm going live on my podcast. I'm going live on on, on YouTube for the vlog. All simultaneously. Everything is electric. The whole car is a goddamn rolling lithium-ion battery. If the speed limit is 75, I can drive the car at 65 miles an hour. 10 miles per hour less and give me an extra 2 to 5 miles of range. That energy that I'm saving powers everything inside of the vehicle. And I can put the shit on autopilot. So I can semi-drive. Meaning, I'll still be driving the car. I'm still operating. I'm still active. But I can take more frequent breaks from time to time. 
So while I'm traveling to the business, I'm creating and producing content for my other businesses because the podcast is a revenue stream. The YouTube channel is a revenue stream. The vlog is a revenue stream. And the list goes on and on and on. A video a live on YouTube becomes a video on YouTube. Two separate revenue streams becomes YouTube Shorts, a separate revenue stream. Those become TikToks, a separate revenue stream. And it goes all the way down from visual to audio, which is the podcast. The podcast is also turned into components for Future Tech Plus. So now that's becoming from video to audio to written text. It's all the same content. I'm still traveling, whether I'm in the sky in an airplane or I'm on the ground on a plane or I'm on the road in a Tesla. If I just fucking sit there and boil potatoes and eggs, I have nothing to show for it after that commute. Yet I understand the necessity that the business has by needing me to be present, especially during the building phase. So, you know, there's a franchise that I'm, I'm, I'm buying. I'm in the process of buying and I have to do a training for like eight months. That's a lot of fucking time to an entrepreneur like me that has so many other businesses going. I have to make sure I leave a structure in place so that I don't have to worry too much in my other smaller investments as I will be all concentrated to this franchise. And remember, I'm an artist. I'm a musician. So I have to be able to travel all the time. Now... Because that investment is like a nest egg, it's like a backup. If anything goes wrong, well, I still have these franchises. I can't really place that priority of time. I've already dedicated my resources and, and, and all my well wishes that the business pulls through with good people that I surround myself with. So I believe in systems. I believe in, in working the processes, right? So to give you an example, not only is the, is the operation cost 1%, which means even if I hit my goal by 50%, I'm still up 49%. And, and this is, these are the little crevices where success is hidden, where I may be able to explain one thing to you and, and conceptualize it, and you may be able to add to it, but there are things underneath, on top, on the sides, and in between. That same core concept. So operational costs, the fact that I have all this free time, that is travel time, that could be otherwise misused to reinvest into things that are productive and lead to other revenue streams. So now, what is really my operating cost? If let's say that YouTube video generates $10,000 and the podcast generates $15,000 and the magazine generates thirty dollars or $40,000, and then this generates a, a sponsorship opportunity or commercial revenue in between, you know, products and services that are advertised and promoted throughout the creation of the content. What if one day fucking uh, Goldman Sachs wants to buy Future Tech Plus? That has a price. What if Joe Rogan wants to buy the podcast one day? That has a price. So looking back into retrospective, you understand how the picture is coming together. So now think about the Tesla as 
a very small private jet. As efficient as the Vision Jet, as effective as the Honda Jet, but it's just a Tesla. And you know what? You have so much upside, go ahead and get the Model S Plaid Edition. Get the 1,000 horsepower shit. The shit that could fucking obliterate a Bugatti, at least off the line. That fucking shit does 60 in like two seconds, nigga. Shit got 1,092 horsepower with no engine. How the fuck you create horsepower and torque with no engine? That shit has one gear. That shit is gone. Go. <laughs> By the time you fucking realize how fast that shit is moving, it's probably too late for your dumb ass. So putting that into perspective, you're more connected with the road. When you are a visual person like I am, and when you're inspired by pictures in motion, when you love graphic design, you like things that are animated, think about how beautiful it is for me to do my podcast as I'm traveling. And I'm seeing these beautiful images, this poetry in motion, which is the way that I view life. Every person is unique. Every business, every community, every house, every squirrel, every tree that I pass is all inspiration. Because I'm excavating in the mind of of my mind, right? Or in the mind of my mind, I'm, I'm looking for the golden nuggets. I'm looking for the diamonds and the precious metals and the precious gemstones, right? The way that that's extrapolated is by inspiration. And I draw from everything around me. So as I'm driving my beautiful Tesla, my thoughts are flowing like every vehicle that's on the road. Like every lane, like every um, division. You know how the, the road has the stripes and the reflectors? As I'm developing every concept and every thought, every small element, it could be a leaf moving in a tree. Or a branch falling or something like that. Or a squirrel jumping from one tree to the other. That's all inspiration. And as we develop and develop our thoughts to create content, we are just expressing every single element at every single interval. And some people communicate by visual audio, so they have to watch the YouTube channel. Some people communicate by just being present in the moment. They'll watch the live. They'll consume the live because that's the language that they speak to communicate in business and e-commerce. Some people are audio. They multitask. They can do one thing and do the other simultaneously and be connected online and log on to Spotify or iTunes and listen to the podcast while they handle something else. So they're very mindful of their time, very cautious with their time. And they can be fully productive, multi-productive, right? Now, you have people that are more reserved, more concentrated. They need visual, but they need to read. They need text. They need paragraphs. They need input that is elemental, meaning one portion, one fragment at a time. And they like to be able to go back instead of rewinding or reviewing a podcast or a video or vlog or even a live they like to be able to say, you know what, article, whatever, 
chapter, whatever, uh, paragraph, whatever, sentence, whatever, and have it as a data reference point. So utilizing something like the Tesla while I'm in motion is something that I could do in the in the vision jet. But now I'm not as private because I have two pilots. And now I have a staff of four people with me, which is most likely going to be two of my business partners and our, and our secretaries or our personal assistants. The same thing in the Honda jet. It's a little bit bigger. We have an extra additional person, let's say a secretary, on staff if we have our personal assistants, right? So it could be three business partners and three people from the staff. It could be a secretary and two assistants or three secretaries or two secretaries, one assistant, doesn't matter. The point is, it's not as private. In the Tesla, not only am I operating at 1% of my 5% that beats your 95%, so I'm beating you 99% of the times, 99,000th of a percentile, right? Every single fucking day I wake up to do business, but I'm in a private setting. I'm inspired by the beauty of the journey. When they spoke about the new Porsche 911 ST, which I am getting one, they spoke about how it's a Porsche 911 R on steroids, and I agree. Because of the connection that you have with the car, the feeling, the emotion, it's no paddle shifters. It's not like a car that you could drive while drinking a Slurpee. This is a car where you're going to have to clutch and double clutch and engage and slow down and brake and speed up and turn and, and plan and plot how you put your, your turning signal and, and how you implement all of these things. All of these things are inspiration for you, right? Or inspirations to you. To focus on what you're doing. It's like going to the beach and seeing a beautiful woman. You're going to get inspired. It's like going to a cafe and, you know, being offered a, a, a exquisite taste of wine. Or an exquisite rolled tobacco from a place like Cuba. You know, it can be the music that sets that tone. Those variables are unknown. You don't know what's going to fucking trigger you. I'll give you an example. One of my neighbors was a very famous author. And one day, you know, one time they, they were moving from one place to another. So they gave me all these fucking office supplies, right? Paper, pens, highlighters, post-it, sticky notes. Like, I'm talking about corporate level, but like for one person. You know why? This person's a writer. The moment that the idea of genius strikes, this person needs to be able to sit down and put that story down on paper. Because if you cannot take your dreams and put them on paper, they don't exist. If I can feel something and think something and gesturize something and internalize it, and I can't externally present it to you, I can do my best to explain it to you in a way that you may understand. But there's so much that you're going to be missing. Now, if I say, listen, I wrote a story about the superhero. He's called Superman. Read it. Tell me what you think. I wrote this the superhero story. That, you know, the, the guy's name is Bruce Wayne. He's Batman. Tell me what you think about it. Now another person, outside of your mind and your body and your spirit and your soul, can connect the same way that I do music. Why do people gravitate towards my music? Because they understand where I'm coming from. They understand all I'm basically doing is just telling you my life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. 
It just happens to be artistic. It just happens to be creative. It happens to be harmonious. But it is my therapy. As much as it's going to help you get through the day, which is my goal because my art belongs to my fans, I'm also healing those scars. Where if a beautiful woman broke my heart at one point in my life, and I learned to grow from it, to know that maybe that person wasn't for me, I can put that in a song and maybe you can relate to that. Because we're making a deeper emotional, psychological connection. We're hyper-connecting. There's an article, one of the very first articles for Future Tech Plus was about hyper-connectivity. I realized today that with Web3 on, on the verge and things, you know, dealing with technology like Ethereum 2 and everything, you know, the whole direction that that movement is going into, most people still don't know how to hyper-connect. That's why Bitcoin can't take off faster than the pace where people can consume it. Don't worry about the price of Bitcoin. Worry about the fucking network. As long as the network works, time will pass and people will adapt and people will hyper-connect. A lot of my business partners don't know how to hyper-connect. A lot of my consumers don't know how to hyper-connect. Only power users know how to hyper-connect. That's why I have to have a YouTube channel as much as a vlog, as much as a podcast, as much as a radio show, as much as a website, as much as an online magazine. Remember, I'm an artist. I'm a rapper, I sing, I do music. I just happen to be a serial entrepreneur. I just happen to find success in petroleum and technology. And other things like, you know, hair care and franchises and real estate and all kinds of stuff. Even retail, like I got my own clothing line. I got my own watch line. Like There's a lot of little shit that I'm working on. But that's just because I understand that my growth came from the expansion of my creativity, the way that I can view things and I can process things in the world. So to give you an example, I embrace everything that I am exposed to that is around me. I find inspiration in anything. I always tell people you can save somebody's life from a barber chair, right? Somebody could be ready to commit suicide. And a good haircut and a piece of advice, a little bit of love, support, and understanding goes a long way. Somebody could be having a horrible day, a horrible week, a horrible month, a horrible year, a horrible decade. And that one piece of advice, that one gesture, that haircut, that shave, have a blessed day. I appreciate you. You know what? You could tell me your dreams. You could tell me what your goals are, your aspirations. I support you. If nobody believes in you, I vouch for you. I'm on your corner. I got your back. That one person changes everything at the snap of a finger. And what happens, that person meets success and reaches success and keeps success, is able to maintain success to the point where they start mentoring other people and they start seeing the pattern that all it takes is one fucking element of positivity. Now, remember, this is the way that I view the world. This is how I, 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 I communicate with the world, right? Putting everything into a slightly different perspective, I can justify buying a fucking Model Less Plaid edition. I can justify the expenses to do my business and carry on with my content creation, which is a long-term investment that I'm going to cash out at some point. I'm going to cash out all of these uh, multimedia elements of my multimedia company, right? Because it's no different from me having a private jet for my personal and for my family. Sometimes 
You don't realize how much you need something until you have it. You want people to depend on you? Get a truck. See how many people call you and say, you know, I got to move some shit. I got to pick some shit up. You got a truck. You know how much peace of, of mind you have when you drive a truck. I could throw anything in the bed of my truck. You want to go fishing? Throw the fish in the back of my truck. Throw the equipment in the back of my truck. You want to do construction? Throw all the fucking supplies in the back of my truck. You want to move some furniture? Throw it in the back of my truck. You want to pick up a product or service for your business, for personal or for corporate, whatever it is that you're doing? You have a fucking truck with a big-ass bed in the back. You want to tow a jet ski? You could tow a yacht. You could tow a fucking shrimp boat. Whatever the fuck you want. It's like driving with a question mark. And in that question mark, there's a box and you can fit whatever you want into it. Even if you don't do shit, I hardly put anything in the bed of my truck. But just knowing that it's there makes me realize how much I needed it. Even if it was for the peace of mind. So let's let's use an old school example. When the two-way pagers became a thing, it was really because of email. It was one of the things that a pager couldn't do. And a pager was never really designed to call. It would have defeated the purpose. That would have made it a cell phone. Maybe smaller, maybe more basic. But that eventually became the cheap cell phone that you could buy anywhere. They call those the throwaway phones, right? Okay. Well, the two-way pager took email and its connection to the internet, and it became a portable digital platform. So now it became a browser. And eventually, they added a phone line to it. Eventually, they added its own modem. So now that shit became a pocket computer. If you had the insight to have a forward-thinking mentality, you could have done a lot of damage with a two-way pager. Eventually, that became your Galaxy Notes, your touchscreens, and your stylus-powered digital platforms, it all started with those basic um, concepts. So if you use that same perspective, think about having a color fax machine printer phone three-in-one combo and a scanner. You buy one, it's the new thing. They say you need it. You don't even know what the fuck you need it for. But you put it in your home or you put it in your office. All of a sudden, you got to print an email. I got a fax machine. You got to fax something. I got a scanner. You got to scan something. I got, you know, all these capabilities. I have all of these, um, all of these freedoms or all of these benefits that I didn't have in the beginning. So now you're more productive. I could write a business plan. I could write a proposal. I could write a mission statement for a company and print it up and put graphics on it and make it interactive and connect it to a barcode and connect it to an app and connect it to a Zoom. And before you know it, I have this multimedia experience where I'm taking printed pieces of paper. I'm laminating them. I'm making a brochure. I'm combining it with a business card. I'm putting a rose on it. I'm putting a gift card for fucking the Red Lobster for my for my clients. I'm throwing in movie tickets. I'm throwing in uh, tickets to see a show, maybe uh, an invitation for a restaurant. Now, it started with, I didn't even know why the fuck I needed the fax machine. 
I didn't know that it was still the standard of business. Just like an email. It's the same communication, but the execution is different. Some people understand the facts. Some people understand an email. Some people understand a text. Some people understand an audible. Every person is different. So what can I really do with an electric vehicle? I don't know. I guess I have to get one to see and find out. Why don't I have to worry about putting an extra strain on a lithium-ion battery? It's simple because unlike the Prius, the Tesla doesn't just have a lithium-ion battery to start the, the hybrid system and to power the car and its auxiliaries. The whole fucking floorboard of a Tesla is a fucking big-ass battery. You remember when, when, when cell phones started to get popular and people would buy, like, extended batteries and pay a premium? They'll buy a $500 phone or even a $1,000 phone, and they'll spend $250 on a premium battery because they gave them double the lifetime, double the span. Now you got batteries that could last you a day or two. For the average consumer, it could be three, four days, but I'm a power user. That, yo, all my digital platforms, I fucking squeeze the life out of them because my business depends on them every single day. So, again, with the Tesla, I can create content on my way to the business concerning my investments, my career, and the actual investment, which is the business. I can go to the business and be 100% committed, devoted, and, and, and involved with the day-to-day of the business. My clients, everything for my clients, fuck the world. It's all about my clients, right? So not only can I do that, in downtime, I'm promoting and I'm marketing digitally the business to welcome all new clients. I'm speaking the hyper-connectivity language of these new consumers. And I'm building a bridge. I'm welcoming them to my business where they are. This is the fake world. The real world is online. That's why every few seconds, somebody's on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, Instagram, this, this, that, and the third. So the same is true for business. Now, at the end of the day, outside of the physical, personal interaction that you have with each client, I get to go home and relax, reflecting on my day, And I also get to share that with a whole different spectrum and market. The people that are my mentees, that go to my university, that listen to my podcast, are my business partners. I don't use the word students or employee or alumni. I'm sharing with you my insights on my businesses every single day, 100% transparent and clear, unfiltered, unbiased, unprejudiced, unprocessed how I feel it, how I think it every day. And it doesn't matter if I'm talking to you about cutting somebody's hair or opening a small business or my music career or life or retirement or investments or NFT technology or Bitcoin. I could be talking to you about carbon fiber. It doesn't matter. How you apply it, how you uh, attach your own intuition to the exchange determines your success. I'll give you an example. This young lady on my LinkedIn um, was sharing her story. She went from being a corporate figurehead to becoming an entrepreneur. 
She said, you know what? I'm 40 plus. I still don't have a fucking my own house and, and this, that, and the third. And I haven't made all the millions in the world. And I haven't done a TED Talk. And I haven't won a Grammy or Oscar or whatever. But I don't give a fuck because I'm happy. And my failure or success, I was the first person to say, you are 100% a success. And I commemorate you. Keep going. You already won the game. The world, society, social political pressures might not let you feel and understand that with conviction, but I'm here to let you know. You're not going to win this fight with me today saying never. We'll be right back in the New York Minute.